a small elective surgery. Oh, what? What'd you get done? I put a baby holder on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm about to do the same, and this is just a no-brainer, right? I mean, it's pretty much the future. I think Elon's already uh, got this done on himself. Yeah. Well, he's trying to install, he's got to get the flashlight on the uh, cyber truck as well. I feel like that's coming. Yeah, like in the passenger seat or in all four seats. <laughs> or, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yep. So, uh, well, yeah, thanks for, for coming on. I just found out about you from Twitter. I'm not sure exactly when, like probably a few months ago. And um, was doing a little more research more recently and kind of realized that you've been doing all kinds of stuff, sounds like. And um, <laughs> now are you from Indiana originally? Is that right? Yeah, I'm from Northern yeah. Indiana, you know, like just a straight up butthole of America, which I'm uh, proud. It's 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 cool though. Like I I dug it there, and actually went to school in Chicago, so I would drive through Geary, Indiana. We had to pull up the fit up the sunroof because it smelled so bad. It it stinks, dude. It really stinks there. Not right, good. So yeah, my Indiana experience is pretty minimal, but uh, but yeah, it's it's mostly forgettable anyway. So I'm not surprised that the stench was like the only thing you remembered in some ways, you know. I mean, that actually was quite memorable. I think there's like a rubber factory or something, or I don't know what it is. But. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's also a massive landfill there. And then on top of that, there's like these, there's just tons and tons of like um, smokestacks. I don't know what the fuck they're making, but they're running all the time. And it's just like, it's absolutely not. It's probably really good for the environment, whatever it is, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, so how did you get into NFTs? I mean, it sounds like you were an artist first and then you got into NFTs, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Um, so I've been making shit for a really, really long time, and like I'm a writer too. So I, I love mm-hmm. writing um, shit, as you'll notice, like uh, on my Twitter and like just on all my pieces. I like to include like a like a funny quip or like a sad microfiction or prose or, or something. But um, it was weird. I like, you know, I was making shit and putting it on Instagram and like legit getting you know two likes from from porn bots. And like again, no shade mm-hmm. on porn bots. They they kind of make the world go round, but. I just always assumed that was just kind of my destiny as an artist is being completely like more or less um, disregarded and and just kind of uh, fading into uh, a comfortable kind of uh, abyss, I guess, in some ways. And then this random dude just reached out on Twitter. He'd he'd seen a a fake poster that I made for that comedian Eric Andre that went like Hmm. kind of kind of viral or something. And I just like I was just Mm -hmm. walking around making stuff. And he just said, like, hey, you know, like, would you want a foundation invite? Um, and invited me into there. It's the first time I'd ever heard of anything. And, of course, at the time, gas was, like, you know, 700 bucks to mint something or whatever. And it was just, like, it was just, like, insane. So I minted something. It, of course, didn't sell. And I was, like, fuck this. Yeah. This is, like, a, this is fucking awful. And then that's, like, you guys are on, like, Object, which was formerly Hiccat Nuke. And that's kind of where I found my footy and really um, was pumping out some super weird shit on there and just kind of like wasn't even sure if stuff was selling or not like i was just on there like making and posting and uh just like chilling and all the weirdness and collecting stuff from other like really cool artists so when you did your foundation piece was that like mid like like hyper bowl time it sounds like it must have been if gas was that expensive yeah absolutely i mean i mean yeah. like the, the the part that was like so disheartening i think and sometimes still is for many artists is like there's so much lifeless shit out there that is just like you know, just being flushed into our agape mouths that I was like seeing stuff selling for obscene amounts of money. And I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. this, is the, this is awful. And so, yeah, um, I was thankful enough. Yeah, it looks like it's one of my uh, good buddies now, Wall Street. He, he kicked it off after I picked up some steam on Hickent Nuke and collected this piece. And I was, you know, still blown away that I'm still blown away every day that people would like want to collect my piece, pieces, let alone like look at them or, you know, feel something. So I, I'm, I'm pretty. It's pretty like uh, 
surreal kind of every day almost in some ways. I bet. I mean, so it sounds like maybe you were destined, you felt like you were destined to just make art because you like making art, but you didn't ever think you'd make money on it. Is that kind of? No. Yeah. Like I just assumed there was no way. Like I was like, um, I think my cumulative sales for physical pieces before NFTs were like 145 bucks, you know? So like I was making wow. all these, and like, I really got into digital art because my wife, um, I was making so much physical art that we were suffocating and drowning in it in our apartment in Chicago. And she's like, dude, like you can't keep like you can't keep this pace up. You're killing us, dude. And and then I felt bad because, you know, you don't want to like throw pieces away that you made. So I would go down to the park and either give them away or train mm-hmm. or do whatever I could do and stuff. But um yeah, it's it's cool, dude. It's like I I feel like it's um it's vital to my existence and I feel like I, I just like would rot from the inside out if I wasn't able to expel some of this or share it with people or share with no one but just being able to like you know create this larger narrative and this larger story that i felt like needed to be told in in, in a lot of ways yeah it does kind of seem like most of your work that i've seen it's it's like a world you've created like a world and, and the people all have similar attributes o- oddly a lot of them don't have skin uh, they have like exposed <laughs> flesh and they like, they like to do cocaine a lot it looks like which is cool but <laughs> a lot of incontinence as well leaking yeah. <laughs> buttholes is a common thing i think it always just it's funny because i always just think about that is more or less like um an indifference to it right like i think that i look at that and it's just like yeah it pissed my pants but you know i i just prefer to sit here and eat a hungry man dinner instead of changing out of my khaki pan like just watch america's got talent <laughs> shit and shit you know what i mean it's just like i don't really care and i think that that's like something that I, I really love capturing and why many times like the people that i make and the, the portraits that i make the, the people are never like in pain or suffering they're, they're, they're quite happy. happy yeah they're very happy in their demise like and i think that that kind of captures our overall spirit as a human species right now <laughs> oh my god it's kind of funny i just realized you know the the name die with the most likes which is very kind of poignant but then the people in your art they're not like they're like the opposite of the kardashians so they're not getting any <laughs> likes which is kind of funny <laughs> i mean maybe they are but i don't know i'd be surprised <laughs> maybe in the future where pants shitting is like a, a you know olympic sport then it's yeah or if we become cannibals that might help too or if we become yeah cannibals, yeah. Right? yeah yeah then you could yeah then i could see us on like qvc you know with the newest george foreman grill and somebody's like lopping their hand off and cooking it right <laughs> how great it is to cook your own flesh out of george foreman so talking about yeah i mean being a collector it's fun to have nfts too because like if i if i had physicals of all my nfts my house would be overrun with junk so yeah, yeah. i mean on, on both sides it works well to kind of have digital stuff and um i was going to ask you about if you've ever linked like a fidget uh, i hate the word digital i won't even say it again but physical and have you done any nfts linked to physical stuff I have. Well, it's interesting because they're not like, they're not, uh, officially linked. I would say like I, what I tend to do is, uh, if I feel like a piece just requires uh, additional exploration through, you know, paint or, you know, I usually do acrylic. I've got, um, like a basement that I, I paint in and I post quite a bit. It's like this really depraved looking basement with like a single, you know, on, un- on light up there and stuff. And there's like, there's, it's just like the worst for lighting. And my wife is always like, don't you need like good lighting to be able to paint? And I'm like, not the way I paint. I just slather <laughs> it up. It's like a fucking sirloin, you know? So I'm good. But yeah, it's funny. Like, um, t- I tend to, what I started doing was when, um, when anyone would buy one of my one-on-one pieces that I was starting to sell, I was like, dude, I have all these physicals. And a lot of them were, um, a lot of the digitals ended up being kind of 
like reimaginations of some of the physicals or again a continued story of what that uh, digital piece was so i just started sending out paintings to collectors and like mm-hmm. i found that they really loved those and so um i had been exploring quite a bit uh you know did the different realms so if a piece really needs it like through you know writing and then through digital and through physical then I find it totally um, really cool to, to share that with someone. Although like it's not like technically, I just don't even know how people do that. Like I think I saw Rip Cash do one where it was like technically linked to it where like, you know, you had to scratch it more or less in order to obtain the physical, thus destroying it or something. But my ones, I just, I just kind of send out the physical for people who are buying the digital. Yeah. I mean, I remember when people um, did his thing because I got one where it was like the everydays and you could get a physical, it wasn't a painting, but it was like the digital frame. And then it was mm. like, uh, it's kind of funny. It was like a, a sample of his pubic hair. You got that. <laughs> and then like some other stuff. And I still have it. I didn't actually, I'm not one of those people that like doesn't open shit. Like I just open shit and ruin it usually. But for, for whatever reason, I never opened that one. So I'm like, I have it like in my closet. I've never opened it. And the only time I've ever spoken to people was in a discord. And I mentioned that and he goes, no, 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 no. That's the exact opposite of what I want you to do. And I'm like, well, <laughs> whatever. I'm just going to not open it and see if in like 50 years, someone will pay for you know, like the, act, yeah. like the Star Wars figures that have never been touched. <laughs> yeah. Why? The, uh, man. So what do you but, think is it? So as a, so as a collector, do you seek out people who are including physicals or do you, or do you prefer well, just the digital because of the it depends. So, so what I was going to say about the Beeple thing is it was kind of weird because then there was a secondary market and it wasn't at all clear, like if you bought the NFT from someone else, like, well, what about the physical? And like, most people don't want to give away their address. And so that whole market for the physical got lost. So it's like, it, it disconnects it. Whereas I think people wanted it to be connected, but there's no technology, at least not then there wasn't that connected them. Meaning like you could sell the NFT a bazillion times on OpenSea or wherever, but that doesn't mean that the physical gets changed hands. Um, so that, that didn't make a ton of sense to me, honestly, like if you're buying it primary from the artist and then they give it to you, that's kind of cool. You keep it, but then selling that part of it's really hard. And as a, as a DJ and collector, like you always want to be able to sell something. I mean, you know, and so I did get some prints, like, like some of these other artists, I've gotten a print from minting their work. Usually they say like, if you mint it and hold it for the first 48 hours, like we'll take a snapshot. And then at that point only those people get the print. And after that, you don't get the print. And so I've got a few prints that way, which are pretty cool. I, I like getting them, but but that's more like as a collector, as like a trader trying to make money that they don't make a lot of sense. So it just kind of depends, I guess. Yeah. So it's funny. I think that I think that, that part is really in- interesting because there is kind of a differentiation between, yeah, people looking to like, you know, having that piece of collateral be part of like the overall like ability to to flip or to to change hands or or you know get some some type of monetary gain and then there's like the other side of things where I think that like you know I think that one of one collectors sometimes have that tendency to to just like cherish the piece a lot or I, you know I feel like they do and not that not that like um editions holders don't cherish their pieces but I, but in in many cases like I don't feel like my one of one collectors like ever like I don't think I have any listed like I don't think there's any secondary listings for anything um, at least on uh, ETH, and, I, and so I think that uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's really interesting creating that. Really, like I think the physical really takes the bond with collector and artist to the next level in a lot of ways. Like I like you know I talk to my collectors quite a bit, and I'm friends with all of them. Like I've chilled with them in like New York and like the different places and stuff. And I think part of that is just like my 
like my surprise and like really just like um, appreciation for them, you know, having anything to do with my art, let alone again, hanging in their house with a physical. I'm like, you know, some of the stuff that I paint is pretty fucked up. So I'm like, I don't know where this stuff is going, if it's going like a bathroom or, or what, but like, it's just like, <laughs> it's pretty, um, it's pretty astounding for sure. Yeah. I think you're right. When, when you have a physical, you're less likely to sell the NFT, I think. And, and yeah, one of one art, I mean, I, as you were saying that, I was just kind of laughing, like the whole royalty debate is so like not even important. Like if you have a one of one, like, like you said, like you, you have, you've had some good sales, I'm sure. And you've done well, but like people don't sell them again quickly. They, they bought it and they're going to keep it, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. royalties aren't going to really affect you very much. I wouldn't think. Not, yeah, not for the most part. I mean, obviously it's like, it's something that I like believe in a lot, but you know, a lot of artists depend on that is, uh, is, is a source of income. And, and so it's definitely something that's important, but it's, it's odd. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much I, I don't know what I've made in secondary royalties. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting and complex issue that I feel like is we're, we're pretty far away from ever solving, honestly. So we'll see what happens. I know it seems like every few months it's like we're back to square one of like, <laughs> oh wait, it's fixed, but it's not fixed. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. Yep. But addition, yeah, addition work, like obviously I'm thinking of like, for example, like X copy grifters. I think there's 666 or something yep. or whatever. And uh, like there's tons of royalties on that because they just churn, churn, churn yeah. or like chromie squiggles or like fidenzas. But when you're doing one of one art, I mean, it's even if you're the most successful NFT artist ever, uh, you're still going to get way more money from the primary sales than, than the uh, royalties, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, like, I mean, like, and that's the other thing. I think that I think additions are are beautiful too. Like, they're like I absolutely love additions because it, it makes it makes uh, collecting art like uh, affordable and it makes it so like right. everyone you collab tricks. I just it's weird. Um, on top of never thinking I was gonna like make it or whatever as an artist. I don't know how, what you would, what you would kind of define making it as, but like selling any art as an artist. Um, I never would have considered myself being able to collect art for you know uh, for like seeing stuff that I really truly love and being able to acquire it because it always seemed out of reach. And I didn't understand, you know, the economy of art trading and like collecting and stuff. So I feel like that's another thing. Like the additions have just opened up this whole world of people who, you know, can collect now. And then also, you know, growing up in Indiana, we didn't have a, we didn't have a fucking art museum. We didn't, we had a um, RV hall of fame, dude. It wasn't like I was like exposed. (laughs) I wasn't exposed to no art. Like I didn't have any art in my life. So now to be able to not only appreciate and like look at all this insane art like i can now like own pieces of it it feels pretty special yeah i think that's one of the greatest things about nfts i mean i think most of us in the space i would i would agree probably didn't think we would ever be like quote serious art collectors and now like these kids in their mom's basements get to be serious art collectors you know it's kind of awesome you know it's super dope yeah yeah and uh, and you know and i for me, like I trade and I collect and there's definitely times where I'm like, I don't really care if I can, I mean, yeah, if in, if in 10 years, someone offers me a billion dollars, I'll probably sell it because that's a lot of money. But like other than that, it's like, I'll, I'll just have it. I like having it, you know? Yeah, cool. So I'm curious, um, talking about addition work versus one-on-ones, you, you said you went over to Hen. So you, you minted a piece on foundation. I'm assuming, was that a one-on-one? Yes. Yep. And then after that, did you go over to Hen and, and do addition work? Well, it was weird because I didn't understand. I, like, I didn't even know what additions were at that point either. Like, I was really new to, to all the technology. So, I think the first couple I minted were one of ones. I think I minted the fuckable monster energy can, 
and I minted like <laughs> I minted some psychotic amount. All right, Pep, you got to bring that up. <laughs> I got to see this. <laughs> yeah, I minted some psychotic amount, and I, and I didn't even understand what I was doing. I was like, additions, okay, I'll put like I think there's a hundred of them or five hundred mm-hmm. or it was something. I just didn't even, yeah, hundred additions. So, but I just didn't. I didn't know what I was putting in there. I'm like, okay, I this is just whatever. And then I like listed some for sale. I didn't know like the the UI for Hickhead Nuke was just so busted. Uh, yeah. And awesome. So I, I, and I didn't know how Temple Wallet works. So I was like, I don't know if this stuff is selling or what's going on. So I, so it took me a while to find my footing in terms of any like strategy of, uh, of pieces or, you know, how I wanted to fractionalize those or, you, you know, anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, and then I started, and then on Hickhead Nuke, the, the kind of cool part was it was such a wild west and it was just, like everybody was just in this fiendish state of consumption. So you could get out there and just be minting shit every day. You can mint like a, you can mint like 10 pieces in a day, all of them additions. You could just be burning shit all the time. There was no way to tell, you know, what was going up in flames or who was collecting what. It was it was pretty fucking rad, to be honest. I, I miss those days quite a bit because it was really um, some of the most carefree days, I think, of, of being like an, uh, an artist early on. I mean, I'm like, you know, so grateful to, to be able to have the potential of quitting my job at some point, I think, um, you know, with selling pieces and, and being like a self-sustainable artist and, and, um, Hickad Nuke was, was certainly kind of a catalyst for that in many ways as a gasoline, uh, that poured on the fire. That's so cool. Yeah. Pep and I actually met when uh, all that shit was going on, right? I joined this chat with him and some other guys and they were already in it and they were all going crazy with, Hickat Nunk and like the John windows were going off and like all that stuff. But yeah, with the UI was awful and like the wallet like wouldn't connect half the time. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, it wouldn't load images. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it was total wild west. And the beauty, I think, I think the really cool part and why so many artists gravitated towards it was because not only, and this was something that happened with foundation later on where I like ate auction because sort of at a certain point it kind of reached this, this this climax right where people had kind of seen my work and were really fucking with it and like really enjoyed the depravity and the madness that i was kind of serving up and so at one point on foundation i had all these unsold pieces but then all those auctions kicked off at once and i was like sick like maybe i'll be like on the foundation homepage or something and like you know get some extra eyes or i don't know some extra exposure and of course i was just buried underneath like you know spinning fucking eth logos and a bunch of other shit so I think that Hickant Nuke was so great because there was no curation. It was just this dump of art and you just have to scroll and scroll and scroll and right. scroll. And it's like, you know, if you see something you like, you didn't know who even made it really. Like it's just yeah. okay, it's a sick piece of art and nobody is picking out what's going where. It's just this huge slot pile. That's right. I forgot about that. So so for people who don't know, there are probably a lot of people listening, the way it worked is you couldn't search for an artist, right? No. So it would just feed you art. Like, I don't even know how it based it on what. And then you would just scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Sometimes it wouldn't load. Mm-hmm. Then you see something, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. And it'd all be like five bucks, 10 bucks. You're like, all right, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Okay. There are all these rumors about people being on there, like X copy being on there. There was so much copy minting going on. Like, there were pieces yeah. that I thought were sick as fuck that I collected. And then when Object launched, uh, yeah, I would go. I would go back to the piece and it's like, yeah, this has been banned. It's a copy minted piece. I'm like, oh fuck. And then, um, when did you first mint on Super Rare? And how did that application process go? Is that difficult or? <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a weird journey uh, to Super Rare, man. It was really funny. I mean, of course, similarly, I think, I think that um, sometimes I, I view what's going on and happening with a certain uh, 
with a certain ridicule, with a certain bitterness almost, like where I just see stuff and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So I, you know, I'd seen uh, some some sales going on and, and I was just like, dude, like, and, and people were telling me like, dude, you need to apply and all this stuff. So I'd submitted an application and it's and it sat around for months and months and months. And then I kind of created this fake, uh, this fake application campaign, if you will, where I wasn't even tagging anybody in it, but I would write these absurdist tweets that were like, hey, y'all, just uh, finished my super rare video. I just huffed a, a can of duster, and now I'm performing Death of a Salesman solo, fully nude at the community theater tonight. I hope it goes well. Wish me luck. And like, so there was probably, this was going on every day for probably four months or something where I was writing these psychotic submission, these fake submission things, essentially. <laughs> and then uh, towards the end of it, there was one where I had claimed that I had done DMT in a solo escape room and then I was performing the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants, uh, like on Broadway or something. That was my submission video, and I I tagged uh, Super Zach in it, and he immediately DM me. He's like, "Dude, what what the fuck?" He's like, "You're in. Get the fuck on." It, it was really funny how like the culmination of all those absurdist tweets, and then finally tagging one of them was it was really funny. And, and Zach and I become uh, good friends, and he's a great dude, and I'm super thankful that he he brought me on, but. That's kind of how that whole whole shit went down. It was it was fucking hilarious, dude. And people were like, because other people would tag them in the post. They're like, "Come on, get this guy on here. He's fully <laughs> new down to the community center." So, so it was it was super funny. And I and I felt I kind of missed those tweets because they were written with such like vitriol almost um, for not being like considered or for having my like application disregarded in some ways, you know. That's awesome. That's so funny. Like, I, I had no idea that was what you did. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, I just know that application. And then they said, okay, you can give us our your art. <laughs> well, and at the time, again, I think that because I, I had been toiling away in obscurity for so long, I just, I don't think I really gave a fuck if I ever got on or not. You know, I was yeah. just like, okay, I'm just going to make these absurd things. And it was just something to fill the time. Like, I'm a, I'm a writer, like I had said. So, I, I use um I use a lot of different things for writing prompts and that particular thing was my favorite thing to writing prompt at the time. So I would just create these like really kind of surreal, um, surrealist like scenarios of putting myself in these like really horrific and psychotic circumstances in order to get into this platform. So was there a point when you were like, wow, like I you mentioned making it before and um you know, there aren't that many artists that have been able to be successful, right, with NFTs. There's so many people that try and fail. Was there a point where you were like, wow, I, I kind of made it. Like, this is awesome. Like, I, I can actually do this for, like, a job. Uh, it, Kind of, yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I think, again, my, um, yeah, I would say, like, my my ego is 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 pretty uh, ground down into a into a pulp. Uh, like, I don't, I don't really have, I don't really have much, like, because, like, again, it was, it was so long for, for that not happening that I just, I don't feel like I ever even still think that I've made it in some ways and i still work like a, a piece of shit nine to five job because part of me is just like i don't know part of me just thinks like what the fuck can i can i actually do this in some ways you know even though i pour everything i have into it i guess it's just like um i guess it's like everything everybody else you know there's insecurities there and there's like certain uh certain recognition of shortcomings and like just figuring shit out as you do it and stuff so in many ways i don't feel like i've even had uh that observation although like when i look at my sales and stuff of course i'm I, i'm like shocked beyond belief just saying like 
I can't believe that people, that these pieces resonate so much with people, I think is the biggest part. You know, you look at the number or you look at the sale. And of course, it's it's so nice to to, to have sales like that. I think the bigger part that, that fuels me and that drives me is the community that I tend to build, the legalized ground beef and all the meat managers and people just like showing up every day and, and really submitting into like a world of, dep- of depraved, you know, humanity and kind of existing on the CD underbelly on the sagging ass of, you know, um, strip mall America or whatever, but really, you know, also the, 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 the fact that like the, the piece would resonate so much with somebody that they would be willing to, to pay, you know, that amount or any amount is, is still the part that just shocks me because, you know, you pour yourself into these fucking pieces, uh, with everything you have and, uh, you spend so much time on them conceptually and like, you know, the writing part and stuff. So, I think that's the biggest part for me is just to feel like you're a part of something, um, you know, versus like kind of on the outside looking in. Have you felt the bear market at all with your sales? Have you changed your approach or? No, not, not really. I like, I'm dude, I'm like so fortunate. Like I've had, I've actually hit like, I, I, I was selling, I sold a, like three consecutive 12 ETH pieces recently. I was using like my manifold for one of them. And then like had a couple super ones and, I had like a 420 drop on super rare that went pretty well and stuff. So I think that that's the other thing with um, the bear market and like jobs and art and like the complexity of, of what you're kind of doing in the trajectory of your, your existence and stuff. I find that I find that this piece of shit nine to five job honestly kind of gives me some freedom artistically because I know that I can, I'm just working this stupid ass job and I am like time thefting my ass off. Like I don't like, I like, it's just, I'm like doing art and tweeting most of the day, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of just like, it, it, it allows me to not have to make decisions, um, based on sales in some ways, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. I mean, I, I was in a similar situation as a collector, like I theoretically could have quit my job, but I, I didn't ever really think I would, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I have lots of reasons. It's a little different if it's different if you're an artist, I think, but yeah, I totally get it though. Like, I understand why, even if your job isn't the greatest, like, it sounds like it's sort of like, it's also kind of like where you experience stuff, good and bad. I don't know. That's what, yeah, it's, it's weird. I work, I work creating, literally creating digital waste, like that goes unrecognized in people's inboxes. So it's kind of funny because a lot of the stuff that I create, um, unironically there bleeds into what I create artistically in terms of like, our you know passive absorption of content uh eating and shitting all the time and just kind of uh <laughs> not really discerning anything that we're taking in it just kind of like you know it's just this flood of information that we kind of vaguely digest before you know evacuating our bowels um so it's <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting and i wrote a book about the thing called powerpoint eulogy about a um it's about a colleague who who dies and then all of his coworkers are forced to go to his funeral um that's you know held mm-hmm. in the office yeah there that fly on the wall um that second link there uh they're forced to go to a, a mandatory meeting to mourn him but no one really knew him so all these kind of peculiar stories start coming out and like they start you know and his entire existence is distilled into a powerpoint that like has like the animations and the slides going on so it's this really sad observation of a man who spent you know 40 years working for this company nobody knew what he did and and nobody really had a lot of love to to share about the person himself so yeah it's really sad 
You know what that kind of that reminds me of the show The Office, where like if one of those random guys, like that Clyde guy, if he yeah. died, like like I could it's, see them making a PowerPoint funeral, like nobody yeah. really knew the guy. <laughs> Absolutely, yep, yep. Oh, that's funny. So, how have you thought about um, making NFTs out of your poetry or out of your books? Oh, I did. I did one. Um, it was super rad. I did this thing called Negotiations with the Abyss with Transient Labs. It was one of their kind of first projects as well, uh, and so what I did was I, I made 69 pages of interactions I had with scammers. Uh, it's, yeah, if you, it's called negotiations with the abyss. If you, if you want to bring it up, sorry, I kind of glazed over that, but, um, I had all these scammers reaching out to me, like all of us do. And mm -hmm. I would use their, I would use their scam messages as writing prompts. And then I would write these like horrifically sad stories based on their messages. So they would say like, Hey, want to pump your audience up to 420k? I've got the thing or whatever. And I would say like, you know, I my audience once pumped, but now it doesn't. It sits like um an old man on a on a bench uh in New York waiting for someone to play chess that never comes and like it would just be these like really fucking sad stories. So yeah, if you click on it, it you can actually like flip through the pages and I I animated all of the or I illustrated all the different poems that were written based on these scammer things as you can see some of them some of them like that person said he fucked my mom like a, like because he was so mad at the mess that I replied to him then there's other scammers that get really really sad about it and they get oh my like, God. depressed and they say like hey are you okay like things seem wrong with you and so it was a really it took like seven months for me to like accumulate all these stories at 69 of them and then the, the hilarity and then the hilarity was you know I poured myself into this project and essentially, I then created a flea market where people could uh, trade books for shitty county fair prizes. So there were these other, um, you know, illustrations and stuff that were just kind of beloved, uh, like Twitter illustrations that I had done. And that's actually coming back soon. I think in uh, I think for Basil uh, in Miami, there's going to be a potential physical flea market. There's some alpha, um, but and and then uh people will be able to trade in some more of these books and stuff but uh it's it's pretty cool so it was kind of a it was kind of an observation on people's willingness to trade in something that like i'd poured my entire soul into in in more or less for a meme you know which is like great too i fucking love memes so that's cool man i'm i'm gonna i'm as soon as we're done i'm gonna buy one of these it's 0.038 e that's like nothing yeah, i was just yeah. gonna buy one now yeah yeah buy one yeah i was trying yeah. to figure out how to do zoom and open c at the same time that's too complicated <laughs> so i'm gonna just do it after like, for a second, I forgot that this wasn't live. I'm like, shit, I don't want to talk about it. Everyone's going to start buying it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have plenty of time to front run. Yeah. But well, I, people have been quietly snapping them up because I think that there's been an expectation that, that the flea market is coming back, which which it will, yeah. and that you'll be able to trade in some additions and stuff or other shit. So it sounds like you're you're playing around with utility a little bit there. And for how sure. do you how do you like doing that? It's always a little tricky. I feel like it's super tricky. I found that um. I found that the the part that I loved though was I created a really weird like it wasn't just like hey burn this burn this for this you know it was this really it was this really specific experience where you had to go to this like really shitty purposefully shitty website where there was like a chum Lee from Pawn Stars and you had to negotiate with him and I I wrote like all these different writing prompts where you would have to like offer him a certain amount of books and you know he would negotiate back which you know prize he was willing to give so it was this whole kind of weird it was almost like a gaming uh kind of world that i had made so i think that i just wanted people to feel something again you know like at the time 
it seemed like um, we kind of had a Novocaine glaze going on in the space. And it was really mm-hmm. cool to see the success of this. And then also for people to be able to interact and feel something. I got a lot of really like cool ass people being like, you know, this is so different. It was like, you know, unlike anything I've kind of ever seen. So it was, it was definitely pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I was wondering, uh, uh, you know, I was hoping you could be honest about it. Like when you see some of this stuff, let's just be honest, there's some stuff out there that's just total crap and it'll sell for like a ton of money. And as an yeah. artist, like, how do you react to that? Yeah. Um, dude, I, um, I generally, well, it's funny. I think, I think part of the artists claim that they're indifferent to it, which I don't know that anyone, I don't know that it's possible to be indifferent no, to it in not, some ways yeah. because you, you know, like if you feel like you're making stuff that is like everything, every, absolutely everything you can put into something and it's either not selling or it's not selling for as much or something. I think what, I think what, what it has a tendency for me to do is to like, more or less drive me into creating something that is so polar opposite of that thing that I hate um, mm-hmm. that it's not even in the same universe anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, no, 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 this piece is fucking insane. It, it has a 10,000 word story with it that that is like, you know, like, like I just, I, I tend to, um, I tend to exaggerate and tend to create, um, create something that just, can't even be, again, can, cannot even be perceived as to be in the same kind of like realm as that, you know, if that makes sense to you. I just, I, it, I, I try to drive further and further and further away from the thing that I hate the most and create something that's like truly nuanced and something that can like, that, that is, um, that, that can, that can cause an emotional reaction versus, you know, just be some piece of shit that, that is bought. And, and, and that's kind of what I try to do. Are you familiar with uh, Fiedler at all? He was on hand a lot, the Brazilian artist. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. sick. Oh, he was awesome. Because some of your stuff reminds me of him or vice versa. And um, it's a similar kind of tone. It's a similar, like, I think, statement about how we're all kind of fucked. And yes. um, like he's got some really cool pieces of, like, involving cell phones, like, just showing how we're all, like, zombies looking at our cell phones and stuff like that. And, um, uh, yeah, anyway, I just, when I was looking at some of your art, Earlier today, it, it reminded me of like I, I really like both of your guys' art. It's similar, like I said, kind of tone. I mean, yours is a little more. Yours is more verbal. Like he's Brazilian, but like it's mostly visual. Yeah, I love. It. Yeah. He's he's a hen OG too. I mean, he like, is. Yeah, his stuff is 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 really fucking good. And he like disappeared for a while. Yeah, what like, happened to him? Out of the blue, I think he I think he plays in like a metal band or something super rad, and he just makes sense. I don't feel like doing so like yeah yeah I, I respected the shit out of it honestly he's like I'm done with this for a little bit and I think I think he came back maybe like I, I think that maybe he created something a couple weeks ago even but I I'm not positive but yeah super rad artist I I have fucking a lot of love for that dude I actually bought um bring up his foundation site because uh, I, I was tweeting about him a while ago and he actually responded almost kind of I, like I'm not like friends with him. I don't know him at all, but I've collected some of his art, and um, I think I just said like, "Here's this this guy's art is good." I just posted it, and then he responded, "My one of one on foundation is, is still for sale if you want to buy it," and um, I bought it, and then I was kind of hoping he'd be like, "Hey, thanks," or like DM me, and, and he never did, and he just like disappeared again. But I'm like, "It's cool." <laughs> and it's 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 funny, dude. I mean, like that's a that's a really funny kind of. Uh, world to live in too because some artists don't want that at all it's like you know yeah. I make the piece sell it that's cool and then others like I I thrive on that like I feel like kind of we're all fueling each other in some ways you know like we're all rely on collectors and all rely on like 
people replying or, you know, uh, observations that I've made and reflections, um, you know, cast back at me in order to fuel the next piece or, you know, figure out like what I want to do for, um, for my next piece of satire or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's weird, dude. I think there's just, there's a, there's so many different types of artists all together in one place that there's no telling kind of who's going to uh, adhere to like anything, you know, it's pretty, it's kind of rad. It is kind of awesome. Like, like just now I was kind of realizing how web three is kind of a, an annoying term, but like with web three, if you want to call it that, like, um, it is the first time you, you get all these different people together with all these different tastes, all talking, you know, having a conversation about, cause yeah. you know, you go to an art gallery and it's like very, very siloed and it's usually similar stuff. And you're not going to, like, you wouldn't find your collectors and I don't know, some other artist is very different than yours collectors at the same art yeah. gallery in person, but you'll still find them all on Twitter. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And it's funny because there's like this, there's this, there's also a recognition between the vastly different imaginations and art styles between those artists. Like, you know, there's people who I love who like have such different styles than me like um matt kane who i've become dear yeah. friends with has these like you know he makes these like insanely complex like beautiful like gazers he's kind of um I, it's one of the best series i think to ever be made but it's it's not somebody huffing duster on a splash mountain ride right like so it's just it's really funny and kind <laughs> of like whenever i whenever i um interact with another artist whose art is vastly different than mine i always say ground beef recognize ground beef because in the end i just feel like we're all meat and you know it's it's just that's kind of what it is <laughs> i love that there's yeah there's your nipple ringer i like that yeah dude the the nipple ringer would <laughs> take us through this piece please <laughs> Man, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on there was like and it's funny because dimitri and i had become really good friends too and he saw that he saw oh, nipple no ringer. And he reached out and he said, "Hey, nipple ringers, dope." And I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Yeah. So it was like, it was it was really cool and, and um, to have somebody who's like a you know a legend in the space like look at something that's like so grotesque. Um, and it's you know obviously uh, an iteration of um, the the iconic ringer series that he made and said, "Hey, like this piece is is sick, dude." Um, but yeah, I just I just thought you know what like uh, ringers are, <laughs> ringers are cool is fuck but you know what if it was a pierced nipple at claire's jewelers in you know hammond indiana and then that i just kind of ran with that concept and and they it came out to this i just thought it would be really funny to have like one really jaundiced nipple at the bottom that's oh the the jaundiced okay yeah that one that, that, that lady's been drinking a little too much yeah <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> so it looks like you make like tons and tons of art it's almost like you if you wanted to you could do like a people every day have you thought about like it seems like a lot of your art doesn't get ever minted correct that's right. Yeah. And that's the other part that I think is a big pitfall for a lot of artists thinking that everything has to be minted or that, yeah. you know, and I, and I like, I feel bad shilling on my Twitter ever for the most part. Like I, I, like I just like fucking around on there and providing again, kind of just like depraved uh, humor and in like just fucking around really. It's like, it's, it, it brings me so much joy to just, to be able to, to be able to like write poetry or you know just make absurdist observations and stuff on there so yeah it's like a lot of that stuff either doesn't get minted or like i've got this thing coming up with nifty on september 12th called chub packs that's like oh yeah i saw that yeah, it's gonna ask yeah. About that. So, so like some of it like i'll pick out the pieces that i really love and then that is chub packs is essentially a reaction to 
this new meta where everything is kind of um it's the meta where everything is like de- deeply personal and deeply you know like this stuff and so the the chub pack is this is this um thing that i'm doing <laughs> where it's just a fully lubricated casino and you pull the lever and, and try to try to experience a climax there's like some super rad like rare art in there and then there's fucking azukis and there's like all this other like absolute bullshit you have to wade through so it's like do you yeah do you want to keep spinning that wheel and do you want to hit one of these things or are you happy with kind of the uh the sewage slop that like you know has has, has a tendency to seep into all of our veins <laughs> so so is that all is it all digital art they're getting and it is That's all right. created, yeah yeah it's all created yeah, by yeah. you it's all yeah so the chub pack is all me it'll be uh yeah it'll be this huge screen of stuff and like it'll be, literally be like a like a gotcha pawn machine where yeah you you mint it and then like it'll reveal there's all sorts of rarities and then um and then i'm gonna price it so people can have can have fun with it it's just like mm. you know like yeah it's, it's i just want to have a good time it's because that's the other part about that, that i think you hit here where there's lulls where it just it becomes just like not super fun sometimes you know you're just sitting there and it's just like what the fuck what the fuck is going on here like you know everything right. is you're so serious or yeah you know so yeah i kind of want to bring some bring some heat back and just some some hilarity part of what i don't what i've been struggling with lately is i i want to speak my mind more but when i feel like I, if i do it i feel like i instantly get so much trouble it's not worth it especially when i like I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to log on and have all these people like saying I'm a bad person or yelling at me. It sounds fun. So I'd rather just. So then I just make it more bland, like more vanilla. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I feel like. Uh, I I feel like um I, I'm the same way. Like I don't because in some ways, yeah. I, I mean, it's certainly like you never want to put somebody down or right, and that's part of it too. I don't want to put down a single per like an actual right. person. I don't even know them. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, they're like everyone's pretty chill. But then there's part of me that I think that um, in terms of like observing the space as a whole, I think what I what I do is I I wade so far into the absurdity that that there's a that there's like people can't tell what is real right. or not about the things. It's like okay, I don't know. Is that is that yeah. um, PFP fuckable now? I guess it is. Well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> or like I, I've been in some of the interviews, people are like. Are you? Do you have like five billion dollars? Because you were constantly claiming that you sold a piece to Sotheby's for, <laughs> and it's like those those horrible pieces where I'm like I'm shaking and shitting right now because yeah, shake. No, and that's those are the parts that I just love to ridicule because it's like that that meta was so bad where everyone will record the crying videos and stuff. I'm like, dude, thank God that's over. Yeah, I remember seeing one of your tweets that said that like literally shaking right now. <laughs> I I tend to do those a lot. I'm usually shaking or shitting at least once. Yeah, my my thing I like to say is stunning or amazing. Everything in this space space is fucking stunning or amazing. And yeah. if, you, if you say it's not, you're fuck you. You're an asshole. Yeah, or or beyond beyond is the term. And I oh, use beyond. it in this interview. Beyond grateful, beyond uh, thrill, beyond thrill. oh right, yeah, yeah, beyond yeah. grateful is a good one. So um, as far as like your evolving into like more learning more about nfts you're doing something with nifty you you mentioned manifold are you do you think a lot about how like you want to where you want to create like on what contracts and that kind of stuff or do you have other people kind of handle that for you or yeah i tend to rely on on other people for that um like i'll talk to other artists and see kind of what they're doing and uh, like i my my technical knowledge is not great i'll be honest like and i think that I think that for me, the importance is, is again, uh, creation for the sake of, of furthering like the narrative 
well, the overall narrative and story that I have to tell about like the universe that that I it, it kind of like live in or the um, absurdist existence and stuff. So like as long as it fits within there and it doesn't deviate and I'm not, um, you know, like, I don't know, not doing something without purpose, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think th- I think that's the main thing. Like, I don't I don't concern myself too much with with um, with a lot of the other stuff. I probably need to do a better job of looking into contract like um nuances i just i have not had a chance and uh, like thankfully i think it's just because I'm, I'm i'm super busy with like uh yeah a lot of different projects right now and it's yeah it's, it's cool like i've got this are you guys going to marfa uh, in um september no i was gonna ask you i saw that you had hinted at going to marfa yeah i can't i don't know if i'm allowed to say anything about it right now but okay. i'll just say I'll just say that I'll be dressed. I'll be dressed as uh, Rick from Pollen Stars and Marfa, and that's. I'll just leave it as that. So it's nice. gonna be funny as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been to Marfa? I have not. I've heard it's oh, cool. Man, it's such a cool town. I went for the first time in March. So I, I grew up in Dallas, but I mean, Marfa's eight an eight hour drive from Dallas. So it's not like it's close, and it's a three hour okay. drive from the closest airport. But uh, so it's it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. But it is it's really cool. I think you'll like it. I mean, it's I think you'll really like it. It is funny. I didn't go for an NFT thing. I went for something unrelated because, I, like I said, I grew up in Texas, so there's a friend's birthday party was there. We all kind of met up from all over, and they're a little bit into traditional art, right? So, and he, n- none of my friends at this thing knew anything about NFTs. I didn't tell them about it either. And then uh, one day, I went off to the Art Blocks uh, building because I wanted to check it out, and I brought my friend, and he was cool enough to go, and he thought it was pretty cool, but I don't mm-hmm. think he thought it was that cool. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I thought it was stunning. I thought it was beyond stunning. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I really liked it. It was cool. Just yeah. It actually, I actually got a little emotional because like I've been collecting this shit for so long, and like to be in an actual like museum dedicated to it, That's even cool. though it was a little rinky dink compared to like you know other places. Like it was cool, and it was like there was a person there, and I saw people walk in, and she would like explain what NFTs are to these people, and yeah, you know, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's cool. But I forget where I was going with the story. But anyway, the point is, oh, I know what it was. So we went around and met some of the traditional artists that have been in Marfa for like 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, they hate all the new people. They hate all the new stuff. And they hate how it's gotten all popular. And when I started mentioning NFTs, well, he, he brought it up, my friend. He goes, oh, yeah, he's really into NFTs. The look she gave me, like, I swear to God, she wanted to fucking kill me. It was <laughs> hilarious. I just like, dude, I just don't, I don't get who even cares. Like. That's what yeah, I don't know why they care either. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, look, dude. If, if this is allowing artists who have who never sold anything to either sell something or to be able to like get people to look at their shit or experience something that they didn't experience before looking at it, then like, why do you care? How is it any different than pottery or or whatever or anything? How it's just well, I think they're looking at board apes. Honestly, I think they look at board apes yeah. and they go, what "The fuck is this? This is trash." Yeah. And and they're selling for more money than I've ever made in my life. Like, so that's yeah. probably what it is. Yeah, you probably won't. Yeah. Um, but you know, the art blocks, you think they'd at least have an open enough mind to go check out the place and like learn about what art blocks are. And they didn't, she didn't care. She had no interest in going to this place. It was like a block away too. I'm like, it's literally a block that way. (laughs) So I think you'll notice that like if you're in town for like, is it for the, is that the art blocks week? Yeah. So it's going to be overrun. So you probably, those people will probably be hiding. They probably won't even be there, but yeah. You'll probably you'll probably get a little animosity if you go into some of these other galleries. I wouldn't be surprised. No. No, it's, hell, yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome town. It's it's cool. like the sunsets there are amazing, and like it's like a weird clash of like conservative cowboy culture with like 
freaky, weird artists all together. Well, you know, that sounds awesome, dude. I'm excited. Yeah. It's inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about when you were talking about your sales, how, how were your taxes last year? Was that like a nightmare? Or were you like, oh, what the fuck is all this about? Yeah, it was horrific. I don't even know. Like, I just, well, I think it, I think it ultimately just makes you like so. I don't even know what the word is. It's just like, really, you guys are you you guys are collecting this fucking like you get a piece of this too on top of like a piece of you know like my regular job on top of like all the other shit. It's just it's depressing in some ways, and like the fact that they can't figure it out or like or dictate what anybody has to do is like the most frustrating part because ultimately we're yeah. all just sitting there like. I think that this might be it, but also it's possible that it, that I could have not paid anything, and you and you may have never known, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's very possible. I mean, yeah. but then you never know; you don't want to risk it. And so it's like, especially once you become like, let's say you became like super, super famous, then like yeah. they could really go back and get you. You're like, you don't yeah, yeah. They got, I mean, they got Wesley Snipes, dude. Like, I, yeah, yeah. That was a thing. They got Willie Nelson too. Yeah, Willie Nelson too. I know. <laughs> And I never get throwing them in prison because it's like, dude, Wesley Snipes could make another Blade movie and he could pay back all their taxes, you know? Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. How are they going to get their money if Wesley's in prison? Right. Does it make sense? Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I, I thought of a few very serious questions to ask you. I'm going to write, I'm not, I wrote them down because they're so okay. serious. Um, what's better, beef or cocaine? <laughs> I don't think there is a difference. So <laughs> they're the same thing. They're the same thing. Yeah, they're the more or less the same thing. I mean, All right. yeah, my obsession with beef is like, dude, it goes way back. I think there's there's nostalgia there. You know, like I don't know about you guys in Dallas, you probably ate a bunch of beef growing yeah. up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you and your mom like legit get those chub packs, throw them in a manwich, and like you just be chipping your teeth on gristle, and like so there's definitely some nostalgia with the beef, and then also the obvious um kind of observation that we're kind of the the prized hogs at a county fair waiting to be slaughtered um and that's just kind of our uh inevitable uh the, the inevitable climax we await yeah dude after school we'd go get cactus jacks burgers for uh they were a dollar and they're like hick- <laughs> hickory burger like hickory smoky barbecue sauce yeah, yeah. gristly gristly meat oh yeah the gristle i i, I don't feel like the yeah, I don't get as much grisly meat now. I don't know if it's just I'm buying better meat or like they're they've had better standards or something. But I feel like back in the day, dude, the the meat was grisly as shit. You know? No, it's gotten better for sure. Yeah. yeah, there was some sketch meat back in the yeah. day for sure. And my mom would buy the half off stuff and throw it in a stew. And yeah, the meat, <laughs> meat. <laughs> it was like a gray gray color with like You're a little here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yo. And then. uh my next question is why didn't you why why did you get the doodles vaccine and, and uh how do you feel after that? I don't know what it's preventing. Um <laughs> and I was definitely shaking and shitting after the doodles vaccine. <laughs> but uh I was happy to get it just for the sake of uh for the sake of the furthering of uh adoption in web three. You know, I feel like it was my duty in order to get to get jabbed at Plato's closet with the doodles vaccine. Um and you know yeah, that's that's kind of it. I was dying making that thing, dude, because I'm like, you see all these brain collabs and stuff, and I like, I I want to do a whole series where it's like, it is, uh, yeah, it's the it's Mutinate Yacht Club unscented Vaseline, <laughs> where whoa, meet a huge jar of lube. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just so it's like I I love making that absurd shit. It's just kind of what I think about before I go to bed and stuff. Did you get any shade from like Doodles bag holders? Like, hey man, like what are you talking about? No, I don't think anybody really knows what to do with it. You know, yeah. like, you can't tell if it's good or bad. It's like, well, yeah, it's good. Exactly. I don't know. 
Yeah. I think, and I love treading in those, in that land, you know, where people yeah. are like, hey, I don't know if it's talking shit or if it's uh, like, I, I really don't know what to make of this Pfizer, you know, thing. Maybe it's like, a <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, do you think you've gotten more topical the last few months with your tweets? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I, I just truly enjoy making stuff because it's, it's, uh, like, because I, I kind of look at myself as a documentarian in some ways, like, I, and on top of being an artist, I think, like, more or less, I'm a documentarian. So to create this, like, kind of really fucked up alternate universe that's not that different than the one we live in, where, like, people are looking at it and they're like, huh, like, you know, in 10 years, like, did Doodles actually have a vaccine that was out? Like, this guy, was- <laughs> and, uh, like, treading the ordinary cream with, like, this vaguely obscured universe that is, like, not that far off, but just a little bit. And sometimes, I, sometimes very far off, but yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun. Yeah. I kind of like to do the same thing. My, my game has fallen off, but like, I would, I like to make memes, just like simple yeah. like, memes with, like, summing up, like, the last couple weeks of absurdity in the NFT <laughs> space. And I, yeah. I really like how, like, I can flip through my feed and I'll come across one of your, uh, you know, pictures, one of your art pieces. And it's like, oh yeah, that's hilarious. That's like spot on <laughs> what I was thinking about this week with this fucking space. Yeah. It's, it's, it's making fun of it, but it's not like being mean either. So like you yeah. said, I don't know what to do with it. It's like, if it's something I don't like, I'm like, oh yeah, he doesn't like it either. And if it's something I do like, I'm like, oh yeah, he likes it. This uh, is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Both ways. Yeah, yeah. Personally. All right. This next part, the question is really important. Would you rather fuck grass or a stuffed animal? <laughs> Dude, I'm the the grass is kind of my thing, you know. Like Saturdays, <laughs> like I, I, dude, I was like cracking up because you know you get those those like scheduled tweets from everybody who says like I'm taking touch grass Saturday yeah, morning touching the grass today. It just felt so good, and so yeah. Last weekend, I was like, here's a scheduled tweet indicating that I have taken the, the amount of mental health time that I need in order to fuck the shit out of some grass, and it was like. <laughs> I would have to say that I would prefer to fuck grass, but I also love making flashlights of everything. So, you know, any of those would do as well. You should come to Hawaii. You can fuck some sand. <laughs> right. there's, more, there's more sand than grass over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, uh, do you think the blooming onion is the best food ever made? Oh man, the blooming onion is, is an incredible dish. I'm trying to think about anything that would top it. Um, te- teasers and tizers wise, I don't think that there's anything out there. <laughs> teasers and tizers. You got like the Guy Fieri trash can nachos that are pretty clutch. Um, you got like the Jimmy Buffett, anything at Margaritaville is going to hit. But I think, yeah, I think yeah. the moon is what's up. Like that and just a huge heaving blue moon with a whole orange in it sitting at a Chili's too in an airport. That's just, Ooh. yeah, it's like the perfect yeah. setting for me. You know what they had in, when I grew up, there was this place called Snuffers and they had cheese fries and it was like a pound of french fries in a big a big rectangular thing with foil and then they put a bunch of cheese in it and like mixed it around put it back in the oven took it out and then they topped it with uh bacon chives jalapenos and then you dipped it in ranch dude that yeah. sounds awesome that's it was real fucking good yeah and then you have like a beer you know, a couple beers with it and it was like super cheap it was like four bucks for the whole thing and a beer was like a dollar <laughs> i'm getting hungry <laughs> and then uh which fast food place is better long john silvers or arby's oh dude i mean i gotta say arby's here but ljs is is an institution you know like i mean people talk about sotheby's and uh christie's and stuff i put long john silvers in that same category in terms of not only like art institutions but also just like overall cultural relevance i mean 
the hush puppies there are great. You got your like, you know, cod basket. Um, like I came up with one thing where it was like a, um, it was like a garbage disposal meal where like they would, they would take everything out of the garbage disposal and refry it as like this fish, uh, like souffle thing, uh, did not take off. I, but I, I was, <laughs> I was hoping it would. They would actually sell, I forget what they called it, but it was just the fried shit that fell off all the stuff they were making. They would sell you that. And it was like in a ball. Do you remember? Yeah. I think it was called like fried fry or something. Yeah. Yep. And it was like 50 cents. You get it. Arby's, I mean, dude, that place, it's it's pretty fucking solid. You get the horsey sauce. You got just like, you know, where you kind of want to, like comedians have done this, but it's like, you know, I, I would pay a buck or two more to know that this meat like was had some semblance of actual animal in it versus whatever the fuck it's made out of you know like i don't want three pounds of meat for 99 cents like i'd prefer to pay like three bucks and be like oh at least this is a quarter like actual living thing you know instead of <laughs> remember remember mcdonald's they're like uh, chicken mcnuggets now with real chicken that was this little thing. oh you're like we're living now like, whoa were they before <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Pep's from the UK. He's like, what are you guys talking about? You, you guys don't have Long John Silvers, do you? I literally on the other screen was Googling Long John Silvers. I've eaten uh, Arby's, <laughs> but I've never had a Long John Silvers. So maybe, maybe sometimes. All my fish and chips, I would hope you don't have Long John Silvers. Yeah, that would be right. pretty uh, horrific. It is. And then there was a knockoff. If you can believe it, there was a knockoff of Long John Silvers called Captain D's. Do you ever go to a oh, I, never went, I never went to Captain D's. No, nah, I never did either. I just had a possible. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You see loyal. Well, cool, man. I think uh, it's really been cool to talk to you and um, not to like shill a bunch of stuff, but it sounds like you do have some stuff to shill. The Chub Packs on Nifty Gateway, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's that's really it. Yeah, it's like, uh, yep, it's going to be really funny. Hopefully people have a blast with it. Um, I'll be posting a bunch of like crazy shit, the description for it. It's like nuts and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a kind of like hilarious take on stuff or I hope it is. Um, and then something in Marfa that I'm like not technically allowed to talk about, I don't think right now. Um, okay. but then other, but then otherwise just, just chilling and, and continuing to bring the, the madness, uh, on Twitter every day, dude. And we'll obviously link you on our, on our Twitter, um, site and I'll, I'll, you know, tweet about as most people who listen can find you. I will say with the fucking Twitter algorithm, like I was trying to find you with my other account for the podcast. And I type in like die with, I type in toads, whatever. And like, it wouldn't find you. It's like impossible to fucking find you. I don't know what the it's, deal is. It's bad. I feel like the whole, the whole thing is just, is fucked, man. Like I just, cause a couple, like in, you'll notice like a, every, every couple of days, like, you know, you'll have like a piece that you have made that you, or like an observation that you've made that you think is like super relevant and hilarious yeah. and stuff. Just completely tank. And then it'll be like several days of just like shitty engagement. And then it's just like, oh wait we're bringing you back here you go like everyone can yeah. see you again it's just like okay cool like and i think that's the thing like you know i always see people post about like fucking engagement algorithm like this is fucking but really it's just like who who even fucking cares dude you know like it's just like you know just make stuff or don't make stuff or post shit yeah. or don't it's just it just it is what it is you know people are gonna people are gonna see what they see so i just feel like what I always say in these things and like whatever I close out with, it's like just creation for the sake of creation. You know, like it's just, you have to make because you love making stuff. It's, it's not like if you create everything with this purpose to either sell or, you know, like just do it, anything with, it's like, just, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, it's like, just go back to making stuff. Cause you just enjoy making it and like, it, you know, share it if you want to. And, and yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of shit posters out there that just uh, I I don't even want to know how much time they spend like crafting their tweets every day. Yeah, for sure. I probably spend too much. I mean, I spend so much fucking time on Twitter, dude. It is it's awful. I gotta I gotta start yeah. cutting back. It's yeah, same. It's hard not to, but I'll find myself picking it up and looking like seven minutes after I did the last time. I'm like, what am I expecting to find? Like, yeah, I could wait. Not- I could wait till tomorrow and look. Like, it's <laughs> it's not like it's that good anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, well, awesome, man. Uh, so so, much, so great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for taking the time to interview me. I'm always uh, shocked whenever anyone wants to talk. So I'm I'm totally cool with it. I, I appreciate you guys having me out and hopefully people enjoy the listen. Well, I think they will. And have a good time in Marfa. Like I said, it's a great town. Hell yeah, dude. I will. Yeah. Cheers. Later. All right, peace. Wow. Cool guy. Huh? One thing that's interesting when he was talking about, I mean, I didn't want to dive out the conversation at the time, but when he was talking about keeping a job so that he can make he doesn't make sort of pressured decisions about his art and there's like there's some parallels there with like trading to a degree or like exactly exactly like you the people that have got a limited bankroll and they're trying to survive off of it and they're trying to flip nfts or, or shit coins or wherever it may be those yeah, those people aren't going to be able to make as clear and lucid and sensible decisions as the people who have got money banked or a job or whatever it is that means they don't have to it's not life or death every decision isn't the one that has to work kind of thing yeah and i think as an artist it's even more because it's out, it seems to me like he gets a lot of inspiration from just observing people in life and like if you didn't have a job and you're sitting around your house like trying to make art like that's not it probably wouldn't work the same yeah this you is know true. yeah i thought about that when i thought about quitting my job of course, I was in the bowl. Like now, I couldn't even really, you know, that would be a bad idea. But you know, I'm sure we all it all went through our minds. We were looking at our, you know, fake net worth number back two years ago, and but I do remember thinking, like, well, what would I even do? Like, I'd be so nervous, like trying to actually make money trading because it's still sort of like a fun game where if it all goes to zero, you still got your regular job. And I know, like Nate Alex quit his job famously and talks about it all the time. Uh, he had a funny graph of like when. When he quit his job and like his net worth, how it went up and then back down, it's like almost round trip. <laughs> and then he tweeted about working at a fast food place. Yeah, man, that I want to look. Um, I'm going to go back and look at his head stuff more or his object stuff. And, um, you know, anyway, I'm not going to shell his art until I'm done looking at it. But uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a cool interview.